Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Hey y'all, this month we are giving away a free Southern Gothic t-shirt to one lucky listener. So if you're interested, head over to southerngothicmedia.com and sign up for our newsletter. That's it. The link is in the show notes. August 15, 1893, a tropical storm formed over the Atlantic Ocean near the island country of Cape Verde. Within days, the westward-moving storm grew into a full-blown hurricane, and by August 25th, it seemed to be headed straight toward Florida with an estimated wind speed of 120 miles per hour. But then, just before the hurricane reached the Bahamas, turned north and began following the coast for about a hundred miles before making landfall on August 27th near Savannah, Georgia. The impact was devastating. Between the vicious winds and 16-foot storm surge, the hurricane now known as the 1893 Sea Islands Hurricane was the largest natural disaster the country had seen to date, causing massive destruction in both South Carolina and Georgia, with an approximate total of 2,000 lives lost. This was the type of storm that leaves its mark on a community for generations for the people of Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. The traumatic memory of this devastation may have played an integral part in the creation of one of the island's most infamous ghost stories. The tale of a dutiful daughter who purportedly lost her life attempting to save her father, the island's unshakable lighthouse keeper, who was determined to keep the light on throughout the storm.
My name is Brandon Schecksnyder, and you are listening to Southern Gothic. Wellington Lighthouse stands 92 feet tall, and when it was operational, its light was visible for over 15 miles. Originally known as the Rear Range Lighthouse, this historic structure was one of two built on Hilton Head Island in the late 19th century with the purpose of guiding ships into the Port Royal Sound. But while the Leamington Lighthouse boasts the fact that it is one of the few surviving lighthouses in the state, its design is drastically different than that of the stereotypical lighthouse. Instead, it resembles something more like an oil derrick or water tower. The 1985 nomination papers to have the lighthouse listed on the National Register of Historic Places describe it simply, quote, the rear lighthouse consists of a cast iron skeleton, a cylindrical stair tower, and a wooden watch room and lantern room structure. Six foundation bases define a hexagon some 30 feet in diameter. The sectional cast iron columns are bolted to the concrete bases. The stair tower is built on a concrete base at the center of the hexagon. It contains a cast iron spiral stair with four intermediate landings four windows. The watch room is at the top of the stair in the skeleton frame. A narrow cast iron gallery girds the watch room, which has wooden siding and interior paneling. The lantern room is above the watch room. The Leamington Lighthouse has not been operational since the 1930s. But while its vacant skeleton remains a part of Hilton Head's rich maritime history, local lore suggests that it is also purportedly haunted by the apparition of a young woman in a blue dress. A woman named Caroline Fripp. Legend says that there was once a lighthouse keeper by the name of Adam Fripp. Fripp was well regarded by his peers and is said to have cared deeply about the mariners who depended upon his light for safe guidance. As such, he put great effort into ensuring that his light was always lit and functioning properly, a physically difficult and demanding task. Daily, Fripp worked to ensure that lamp wicks were properly cleaned and trimmed and that the windows of the lamp and lantern rooms were spotless. Then, in the evenings, he hauled heavy buckets of oil up the staircase to fuel the burning lantern light all through the night. But Fripp's life on Hilton Head Island was more than just work. He was also graced with a beautiful, blonde hair and blue-eyed daughter named Caroline. 
It is said that Adam and Caroline lived alone in the keeper's cottage after Mrs. Fripp passed away during childbirth, and that Adam had worked hard to be an attentive and conscientious father, proudly teaching Caroline the value and importance of the work he did. But then one day, tragedy struck. One night after supper, Adam Fripp went down to the lighthouse to check if everything was operating properly. But not long after his arrival, a storm began to blow in. It is unclear whether or not he knew it was coming, or if that was even the reason for his visit in the first place. But Adam Fripp had absolutely no idea as to the extent of what was on its way. Lightning soon filled the skies over Hilton Head Island, and rain began pelting the large glass windows of the lantern room where Fripp tended to the light. But the wind's power only grew as the night went on, gradually becoming so fierce that it shattered one of the large windows with its sheer force. So the veteran lighthouse keeper quickly jumped into action. He did his best to protect the exposed lamp's light as it flickered in and out with the heavy gusts of winds. But this battle with Mother Nature took a heavy toll, and soon enough he began to feel a deep pain growing in his chest. But Adam Fripp refused to let the light go out. Meanwhile, the storm had awoken Caroline and upon realizing that her father had not returned from his evening work, she decided to venture out into the storm and check on him. Unfortunately, after valiantly making her way through the fierce winds and heavy rains, she discovered her father inside, slumped over the bottom of the stairs, still clutching his lantern and oil bucket. Several days passed before neighbors were able to check in on the Fripp family, as the damage to the island was quite severe. But when these neighbors finally made their way to the lighthouse, they discovered that Adam Fripp was not the only casualty of the storm. Caroline lay dead next to her father, a victim of either sadness or shock. It is said that from that day on, Whenever a terrible storm is approaching Hilton Head Island, the apparition of the young woman can be seen crying out for her father, and her appearance is believed to be an omen of impending danger. Yet there is little doubt as to who she is, as the ghostly woman appears in a distinctly blue dress, the same dress that Caroline Fripp was wearing when she was found dead at the bottom of the stairs. Of course, like all legends and lore, the story of what really happened depends upon who you ask, as another prominent variation has evolved in the century since the Leamington Lighthouse has stood vacant. On August 30th, 1898, a hurricane made landfall around the border of South Carolina 
in Georgia, just south of Hilton Head Island. Adam Fripp knew that the storm was coming, so for three days prior, he prepared supplies to ride it out with his 20-year-old daughter, Caroline. In the three years since taking over the rearranged lighthouse, the pair had weathered several similar storms, but this time was different, as a year prior, Adam had suffered a heart attack, so Caroline nervously kept a close eye on her aging father. But when the rain began, Adam urged Caroline to go back to the house for her safety. After all, he had everything prepared and his intention was to stay in the lighthouse throughout the entire night to ensure that the light did not go out. Reluctantly, Caroline did as her father asked, at least for a time. Later that night, as the eye of the hurricane passed over, the young woman took advantage of the momentary calm to bring food to her father. But after climbing the stairs to the top of the lighthouse, she found her father eerily and almost lifelessly staring out the window at a ship bobbing in the waves. Obviously, this concerned Caroline, so she decided to stay for the backside of the storm. Eventually, the rain began again, and the wind picked up, growing more and more forceful with each passing moment. And then, the window blew out. Quickly, Adam retrieved several boards to cover the hole, but there was no way to secure them over the missing window before a second window blew out as well, causing the lantern room to fill with heavy gusts of wind light had no chance. As quickly as they were able to relight the wick, the wind knocked it out again and again. Unfortunately, the lighthouse keeper could not keep up, and soon enough he fell to the floor clutching his chest, just as Caroline had feared. She attempted to make her father comfortable before managing to relight the lamp one final time but as long as the storm continued, the pair were trapped. So Caroline curled up next to her father and fell into a fitful sleep. The next morning after the rain had stopped, Adam Fripp was still alive, but the island was now covered in water from the storm surge. Caroline had few options so she assisted him down the stairs and into the floodwaters. Yet Adam had little strength left to wade to the cabin, so Caroline was forced to pull him to the porch of the cottage by herself. Luckily, a local fisherman heard her calls for help, and with his assistance, the loyal daughter was able to get him safely into bed. But that night, while Caroline went to the lighthouse to continue her father's work, Adam Fripp passed away. The following day, the fishermen returned with several men to help the young woman. They placed her father's body in a sea chest and then buried him at sea. One of the neighbors begged Caroline to return home with them, but the grieving daughter refused. So over the course of the next few weeks, as the water receded, Caroline's mental state grew more and more dark. 
Neighbors claimed to see her walking between the keeper's cottage and the lighthouse, still calling out for her now-deceased father over and over again, all the while still wearing the same blue dress that she had worn on the night of the hurricane, a dress that was now torn and bedraggled. Then one day, the young woman's crying stopped. Caroline Fripp died alone from the heartache of her loss, but her spirit purportedly continued on. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Y'all, I want to take a quick minute to tell you about one of my favorite nonprofit organizations here in Middle Tennessee. It's called Poster Nashville. Now, this organization supports people during times of housing or medical crises by providing compassionate, temporary care for their pets. That's right. Poster helps secure loving homes for beloved little furballs when their human companions are going through things that might otherwise cause them to have to give them up. But since Poster began back in 2020, they've been able to reunite nearly 250 pets with their loving pet parents after they were able to secure housing, keeping families together through tough times. Of course, y'all, I have to say from personal experience, it's been an awesome program to be around. My kids and I have been fortunate enough to hang out with some of the pups. And trust me, what Poster is doing through a devoted network of volunteers is absolutely heartwarming. So if you'd like to help, Poster is in the middle of their annual fundraiser right now, trying to hit a goal of $20,000. And it would mean the world to me if you'd consider helping us get there. All you got to do is visit southerngothicmedia.com slash bark. That's right, southerngothicmedia.com slash bark. It is unknown when the stories of the Blue Lady of Hilton Head entered the island's local lore. But upon further investigation into the events described in the tale, the basis in fact seems doubtful due to several key discrepancies. The first and most obvious is the existence of the Fripps themselves. According to records for the lighthouse during the late 19th century, when the events of the story purportedly took place. Two lighthouse keepers were employed on the island 
a head keeper named Paul Schwarzer, and his assistant, William H. Blanding. Additionally, further research failed to locate anyone by the name of Adam Fripp on either census records or city directories for the region, although the surname does have roots in the area dating back to the 18th century. On a more circumstantial note, the romanticized variation of the tale references a hurricane that took place on August 30th, 1898. This storm, however, was not nearly as violent as is described in the legend, dropping a mere 11 inches of rain with a windfall of only about 85 miles per hour, making it a Category 1 by today's standards. This was not nearly powerful enough to cause the damage described in the tale. There is, however, a storm that occurred only five years prior that is much more likely the culprit of the destruction described, a hurricane known today as the 1893 Sea Islands Hurricane. The storm made landfall on August 27th, with reports indicating wind gusts of 120 miles per hour a Category 3 hurricane powerful enough to shatter windows. The immense storm surge during this storm also runs parallel to the tail, topping out at 16 feet in some areas, submerging the barrier islands of South Carolina and several feet of water. While this particular inconsistency may seem trivial, it does point to the fact that the legend of the Blue Lady has probably evolved over time through oral history. But the question remains, when did it originate and why? Low Country author Nell S. Graydon seems to have been the first to publish the story, featuring it in her 1969 work, South Carolina Ghost Tales. The timing and content of this publication further supports that the story of the Blue Lady had entered local lore through oral history. Yet pinpointing its exact origin is likely impossible. However, the history of Hilton Head Island itself provides incredibly telling clues. Prior to the Civil War, there were over 20 plantations located on Hilton Head, but as was stereotypical of the Sea Islands, few plantation owners actually resided there, so the population of Hilton Head consisted almost entirely of enslaved men of African descent. As a result, when Union troops took control of the region not long after the onset of the war, the island became a safe haven for freed men who began building their own communities. Over the following decades, these communities thrived, that is, until the Sea Island Hurricane, a tragedy that plunged the region into economic decline and displaced many of its residents. By 1930, when the rearranged lighthouse was decommissioned, the population of Hilton Head had decreased dramatically, a trend that continued for several more decades, eventually bottoming out at 300 residents in 1950, most of whom were descendants of the once-enslaved men and women. It was at this time that the modern era of the island began, 
as outside investors began to develop Hilton Head. First for lumber, but not long after, as the tourist destination that it is today. With this in mind, it is fair to speculate that the legend of the Blue Lady was not passed down through the ancestors of those who were present during the late 19th century, but rather as a fabrication by outsiders. Numerous reasons exist as to why this would occur, but the most likely is that the legend of the Blue Lady was created to give meaning to the old Leamington lighthouse that sat decaying in the sun for decades, isolated and abandoned in a dense forest of tall pines. Then, in 1967, two years prior to Graydon's South Carolina ghost tales, the keeper's cottage featured in the story was moved from its original location near the lighthouse into Harbor Town, the burgeoning resort area of the island. As a result, many claim that the apparition of the Lady in Blue came with it. This, too, could be the origin of the tale, but presumably we will never know. legend of the Blue Lady continues to be told to this day, a shining example of the endurance of folklore and popular consciousness, with variations of the tale rising up to suit the needs of the audience and storyteller alike. But while Caroline Fripp may not have actually existed, continued claims of sightings certainly do, and to the tens of thousands of people who now call Hilton Head Island their home, her warnings should not be ignored. My name is Brandon Schecksnyder, and you've been listening to Southern Gothic. Southern Gothic is an independently produced podcast created by siblings Brianne and Brandon Schecksnyder with the support of listeners like you. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to receive even more content, including ad-free episodes, head over to our Patreon page today. The link is in the show notes. Lucky Lady Shacks. Hello, my name is Matt, host of the Pirate History Podcast. Pirates rank among the most mythologized and romanticized of all historical figures. It can become easy to forget that pirates were real people that had real-world concerns. If you like tales of high seas adventure, daring do, and also want to learn more about who Blackbeard supported to be king, you can learn more about all of that at the Pirate History Podcast.